Hello and welcome to the Felsey Fitness Podcast. This is episode 19 of season 2. My name is, as always, Michael Joshua. I am the owner of Felsey Fitness Limited. I'm going to apologise straight off the bat. If you do hear some little strange whirly noises, I'm actually sharing the podcast room with a 3D printer at the minute that's printing something very important for both the show and the business. So I do apologise for that little whirring noise in the background. But welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in once again. Straight off the bat, if you are enjoying the show and you have been enjoying the recent episodes where we've been talking about cutting calories, breaking 100, breaking 90, breaking 80, please like, subscribe, share with your friends, get in touch, and I'm going to make episode 20 a Your Questions answered and it's going to be a double show so i did five in my first one i did three for the next two so we're actually going to do six so we're going to do the six most popular questions on either golf exercise and nutrition that come across my email and the email is in the link in the description, so it's failsafefitness at hotmail.co.uk. No, it's not. I'm a liar. It's failsafefitness at hotmail.com. Ignore me. I'm having one of those weeks or weekends, shall we say. Weather has definitely got to me. Where has the summer gone, everybody? We want it back. No wonder everybody goes abroad in at the end of July and August, because... This rain is seriously doing my nudding. But yeah, so if you have any questions on nutrition, or nutrition for sport, or nutrition in golf, any exercise or fitness-related questions, or any golf-related questions, please stick them in the inbox. The top six from each, so this is going to be a bumper show. We're looking at about 90 minutes of me talking about golf, exercise and nutrition next week so get your questions in the top six that come across in each category i will do them one by one and split them up into little individual things thank you very much so how is everybody i hope you had a good week it's been terrible here if you've been abroad you haven't missed much it's just rain 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 the typical british summer Although this time last year, I think we were in like a 40 degree heat wave. So hey, I mean it could be worse, we could be like Greece, it could all be on fire. And depending on whether you listen to this, it might still be on fire or not exist anymore. So this week's going to be a short and sharp one again this week, to be fair. Uh, If you do want to go and check out the website as well, there's a little extension to what I'm going to talk about in the exercise part. So the exercise part of the show is all going to be about mindset. There's going to be six little tips I've got on mindset. But if you want to have a little in-depth read in mindset for exercise and reasons why, etc., etc., on the blog, there's mindset for exercise post. Uh, It's going to take you about five, ten minutes to read. There's some interesting insights in there. a couple of do's and don'ts, and etc., uh, etc. Et Go and have a read. Very interesting. 
and leave a comment and let me know if there's anything on that blog that you would like me to put out there, whether it be nutrition, golf, or exercise. We are in week five of the 10-week cut calories, and it's just a simple nutrition tip. One thing a week for the next 10 weeks uh, are just simple things you can do to just cut calories from your diet. And I'm not necessarily saying that I promote all of these all at the same time, but they are little ways of you cutting calories out of your diet if you want to restrict calories. Because if you restrict calories and you work out more or you do more exercise, you'll burn more calories. So if you burn more calories and you're restricting your calorific intake from 3,000 calories to 2,000 calories and you're doing 1,000 calories more exercise, guess what, people? You're going to lose some weight. So we're going to talk about cutting calories as well. And golf side of things, it's something that's come up with my clients over the last sort of two or three weeks, and it's equipment. So I've got three little tips on equipment, whether you're starting out, whether you've been playing for 20 years, whether you've been playing for 20 days. These are things that you need to keep in mind, some must-dos and must-don'ts when you are either buying equipment, playing with equipment, or choosing equipment, or even sort of maintenance of equipment. So we'll get straight into it then, shall we? Promo for the blog has been done. We are talking about mindset this week. Now this is something with the recent history of the last couple of years in terms of COVID and people not being allowed to go to gyms and then being doing a lot of home workouts and <coughs> the YouTube fitness scene kind of took off and exploded and in fact everything podcasts people were desperate to get their hands on something new and interesting to keep them entertained whilst they were in the house not being able to do much or working from home so the motivation then especially for someone similar to me who put a little bit of weight on got a little bit lazy the mindset of getting back into the gym going back regular so these are six little things I want to just go through. And the number one is you don't have to do it alone. So self-motivation is a very difficult thing. To grasp even when the, you know, you want to go and do something, but sometimes it means joining a new gym you don't know anybody there. So drag a friend, drag a family member, you know, go to a class with somebody. And these things can all help you get started on your journey to being the best version of you. You know, and as you, you know, if you just go to a class once a week, and then you decide, oh, I quite like that. I want to go and try like a Peloton class or something like a spin class. So you can do a couple of classes a week and just set a goal. So first month, you might say, I want to do six classes. And then second month, I want to do eight classes. So it's two a week. And then the third month, I might be doing three classes a week. And instead of actually working out in the gym, I'm just doing these class sessions. And I'm going to see how it goes. And that's 12 weeks. That's three months of exercise you've already planned out. 
And for many people, just having a family member or a friend alongside you, sharing your pain can both be entertaining and motivating. And it's motivating for them. They, they're there for you, you're there for them. And you can find a new bond of suffering in some of these classes, whether that be on a Peloton bike or whatever. So mindset number one, you don't have to do this alone. And I know from personal experience, a lot of personal trainers don't work out with their clients. They feel it's unprofessional. But I think sometimes showing your clients how you do things can have a great benefit on the reasons why they should be doing those things when they're not in the gym with you. So personal trainers out there, fitness exercise professionals, if you ask them, they will gladly join a session with you, help you talk you through how you're doing, and maybe they even pick up on things like you're resting too much, you're resting too little, etc., etc. And I think it's a good way. And with friends, you can learn together and suffer together, so you don't have to do this exercise journey alone. There are plenty of people out there, and people like me in the industry, who are willing to advise, learn, and help you grow on your journey. The second thing is technology. I mean, it's everywhere now. We've all got Apple Watches, smartphones, smart watches, etc., etc. Um, the likes of the Whoop Bands are looking after your health and your sleep and your recovery. So everything we own kind of has a chip in it from a, you know, a fridge in your kitchen, the watch on your wrist, the mobile phone in your pocket, the system in your car. And the fitness world is filled full of tech-infused devices. Things like Peloton, apps like Strava. So when you go running or you want to do an exercise, these things are there, ready, in your pocket, in your hand, in your house. And <coughs> so many things, your smartphone has access to a bajillion YouTube videos with 15, 20, 30 minute classes, whether they be yoga, fitness, kettlebell, whatever they may be, they have those things available. You can do a, a workout at home with no equipment, following along on a YouTube video now. And that's the most low-tech, high-tech thing you can do in the fitness industry. So whatever you feel you need, you can do some research. If you want a Peloton bike, the, you can rent them. I think you can rent them free or rent them quite cheaply for the first couple of weeks just to see how you get on. You know, you can use apps like Strava. You can use apps on your Apple Watch like the Health app. You can use things like Root Bands to help your sleep and recovery and your stress levels. So tech is a very big part of this industry. And if you feel that that's going to be a benefit, that I can have a Peloton in my house, and I don't necessarily have to use the bike, but I can use the exercise programs in that bike to get fitter with the equipment you have at home, then do it. That's going to put you in, I don't want to go to the gym today because I'm 
it's a 30 minute drive there and back that's an hour then i'm going to be in the gym 90 minutes i've spent two and a half hours going to the gym if you can remove the fact the obstacle shall we say of on the mindset but i've got to spend an hour in a car to go work out and i can just do it at home that's got to be a good thing right that's got to put you in a great mindset you can come in from work or before you go to work you can get up early in the morning do your exercise and get it done without leaving your home comfort of your own house so if you think tech is going to be beneficial to you then give it a go third thing like i said in the first thing take your time you know when you learn to paint as a kid or color in a coloring book we all got that pen and we were just scratching colors we're not in the lines we were everywhere but every time we did a new picture we learned how to keep that in the lines so learning new things takes time and as i said you don't need to do this alone but if you're going to go and do things like classes or crossfit or something like that take someone with you for emotional support and don't commit yourself to five times a week off the bat because in a fortnight well less than a fortnight you're going to hate it you're going to be tired you're going to be grumpy you're going to be sore so everything takes time learning new skills and the motivation if you do too much of a thing is going to drop because you're sore and you're not going to want to do it so don't be disappointed in yourself of skipping a class here and there but set your realistic goals so just say i'm going to go to one class a week on a thursday night if i like it i'm going to try a different class on a tuesday night and then if I like that, so the first month I'm going to go every Thursday. On the second month I'm going to go Tuesday and Thursday. And on the third and final month, which is 12 months in, you've built a good habit. You're going to classes twice a week and you've, you, you're outdoing yourself. On a Sunday morning, you're going to go to another class. So you've got a gap in between and you're now going to three classes. Take your time, build yourself into it gently. Because the people that tend to charge into fitness like a bull in a china shop burn themselves out, lose their motivation, mindset goes, and your whole reason as to why you're there goes away. So take your time. One session a week, two sessions a week, three sessions a week, see where you're at. Fourth thing. And this is something I've done probably since my early 20s, is try something new and then try something again. So I hate running. I hate running. I hate cycling. I hate rowing. But it's cardio. It's part of every person on this planet needs a better cardio system, needs to be you know, a little bit fitter cardiovascular. So, for someone like me, I'm going to do a mile a week. As part of an exercise routine, I'm either going to do a mile at the end of, a, of the end of a session or use a mile as a warm-up. So I'm going to walk for 
400 yards, I'm going to run for 400 yards, and I'm going to walk for 400 yards, or whatever, 400 yards. So I'm going to do 1.2 kilometers, and then I'm going to run for another 400 yards. So I've split that mile, that 1.6 kilometer mile, up into four sections. And I know I'm, only, I'm not going to have to run at a massive pace, but it's going to help me build some cardio. And it's something I've also done with rowing. So rowing, I, I tend to do a thousand meters. And then, so I do, split that into five. I do 200 slow, 200 at a medium pace, 200 slow, 200 at a medium pace, 200 slow. So warm up fast, warm up fast, warm up speed. And then, of course, cycling, I tend to do 5K. It's not massive, but it's enough. So you have to be creative in trying something new. It's something that, you, if it's something that you didn't like, then go and do something else, but go back to it. Whether you found it was a little hard, whether it be, you know, if you hate rowing, then go and on an elliptical, go on a cross trainer, and then go back to rowing. Because you might find, oh, I'm, I'm getting an exercise, but I, I want to do this, make this a little bit harder. So go on a rowing machine. So trying something new in the gym, whether that be weightlifting, whether that be running, rowing, swimming, great exercise for the entire body. Go and try it. If you don't like it, okay, evaluate it, go and do something else, but go back. Always give things a, a second chance because it might be the, the, the environment you were in, the trainer you had, the friend that you had with you, but you may find one of those things, or all of those things were out of kilter, and once you do find yourself a nice comfy rhythm with a nice, you know, a friend or a trainer or a gym, an environment that is supporting, then you may find the thing that you didn't like, you actually do. It was just you didn't like the situation you were in. Number five is probably one of the most important things for me in terms of mindset, and it, it goes back, links into the things I've already said, is enjoy your rest days guilt-free. Don't ever feel guilty for saying, I'm not going today. So if you're going three times a week and you want to take an extra day but you're going to go to a class on Friday instead of Thursday, then take it. But make sure you do that class. Burnout, as I say, bull in a china shop is a very common denominator, demotivator and a common de denominator in terms of injury and demotivator in terms of mindset. So even if you found a form of exercise that you love, you found two or three classes that you like and you go and swim in or you're weightlifting on a Sunday morning, whatever it may be, it might even be hot yoga. I mean, that, that, that's hard as hell. It's healthy to take a break because your body needs a chance to recover, to reduce that risk of injury. So enjoy them. Relax. Even like me, this is how I got into golf. I was doing CrossFit three times a week. I was working five days a week, and I thought, on my rest day, Sunday, I want to do, I don't want to be sat around the house, but I want to do something 
active but not active. So I got back into golf. And now golf is my life. So I found something that I, I used to like before. I went back to it. And I fell in love with it again. And now it's my entire life. But having a day off is needed. And it allows you as well to reflect on the process that you've made. Because if you went to one class in January, two classes in February, you're going to three classes in March, the progress you've already made and the process you're going through is amazing. So enjoy your rest days. And the sixth and final one for mindset is find your why. And when I do my introductions into my fitness programs, <coughs> is the why. The most important thing is the best motivation comes from within. For someone who has been encouraged to exercise by a loved one or a doctor, a form of external motivation can initially shock you into doing something you've got to make it personal you have got to own your journey and like I say by doing one session a week then two sessions a week then three sessions a week you've got to then evaluate whether you're losing weight whether you're enjoying what you're doing whether it's a new sport how much stress is that relieving from your body how much stress are you putting on your body but you need to know that the motivation is coming from within. Your why has to be the reason why you are doing what you are doing. Because if you can't stand there and tell anyone why you're in that gym without, you know, without even thinking about it for more than a couple of seconds, then you're probably doing it more externally or you're on autopilot and you might need to look at what you're doing. You know, exercise is a lifelong endeavor. If you are starting down this path, then I urge you to get in touch with someone like myself and we will guide you, help you, and make sure that the journey you are on is healthy and right for you. And of course, we will get down to the root of it. When I introduce my clients to me and the programs that they're going to be doing, I like to know their whys. And I tend to have three whys. So the first why is often an external one. The second why tends to be, okay, it's, it's a general why. You know, I want to lose some weight. I want to get stronger. I'm getting a little bit older. I'm starting to creak a little bit, I need to get a bit stronger, etc., or more flexible, especially in the golf side of things. But the third one, when we get why, 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 that third one then becomes personal, and that personal one is more than likely the one that's going to be the motivator for you to keep going back and keep you on the journey that you are on. And that's just a, a little snippet of the mindset things, little six things uh, on mindset that you need to sort of evaluate every now and again. Uh, and that is your, not your exercise of the week, but that's your exercise tip of the week, is make sure that you know your why 
as to why you were going to the gym, why you were going to that class, why you were playing golf four times a week. Because, you know, some things might not just be about you looking better or feeling better or burning calories. Sometimes it can be a personal escape from what's at home, an escape from what's at work, an escape for something in your life. And those ones are the ones that can make you go bull in a china shop and hurt yourself. So just beware. On a lighter note, so mindset is good, but cutting calories. Now this is something I don't genuinely recommend. I said, but cutting calories if you want to control your calories more, if you have a lot of tea and coffee and you add sugar to that tea and coffee or syrups, then, you know, one teaspoon in four cups of coffee a day can be can add 60 calories a day to your diet. 60 calories a day seven times a week is 420 calories a week. Times that by four weeks. That's, you know, close to 1,700 calories. Times that by a year. 17,000 calories. Or nearly 20,000 calories. And 20,000 calories. There's 3,500 calories in a pound of fat. So 20,000 calories a year you're looking at, you know, a massive amount of weight loss. You're looking at four or five pounds. Half a stone, almost. So, yeah, you certainly need to be looking at cutting, either adding a sweetener to your teas and coffees or picking a zero-calorie syrup to flavor those coffees instead of the sugar. And it's going to help you save some calories, as you've just heard. It's not something I normally recommend with all my clients. I tend to say just cut the sugar down. So if you go from two sugars to one and a half for three weeks, and then you go down to one sugar for three weeks, half a sugar for three weeks, no sugar, in the space it takes you to just go down, you know, it's not as sweet. You, your taste buds tend to come back, and you're actually tasting the teas and coffees that you're drinking rather than tasting the sugar and the sweetness that you've put added to that beverage. So yeah, my uh, nutrition tip this week is use some sugar substitute of some sort or zero calorie syrup to add to your teas and coffees instead of sugar to save you a hell of a lot of calories, almost 20,000 if you're drinking five cups a day. Finally, we are looking at golf equipment this week. So for all you golfers out there, these are three do's and three don'ts. So I've dealt with a lot of clients, a lot of clients, some of them are well into their 60s, 70s, 80s. They've had golf clubs dating back to the early 90s, some of them. And they are almost classic golf clubs. So, and they haven't been fit they don't intend on getting fit. 
but we've managed to find them a couple of bits and bobs here and there quite cheaply that are helping them get around the golf course because modern equipment is hotter, faster, more you know aerodynamically designed than what it was 30 years ago. And it's the same when you're starting out. So if you're starting out, normally someone will give you a set, whether it be your dad or a friend or a cousin or an uncle, or you buy them out of a charity shop. You've got this old set of clubs that are outdated in terms of technology, but you, you suck up the game, you love it. And I think as a starting point, a free set of clubs is a free set of clubs. Because if you can't swing a golf club, then you're not going to swing any golf club. But once you get past that initial stage, sort of three, four, five, six months in, you're enjoying the sport, but you know you need some new clubs. So my first do is do go and get a fit. American Golf do them for free. They will tell you the specs of clubs that you need, that you want, and you don't necessarily have to purchase. You may feel a little pressured into purchasing, but you can go, take a look, see what you like, and see what you definitely don't like. Whether it be steel shafts, graphite shafts, a heavy shaft, a light shaft, whatever. A heavy head, a light head, whatever. You can go and take a look, get yourself fit, and then give yourself some idea of whether you go second-hand market or whether you go full brand new set. On the flip side of that is you like the golf, you do it, and then you just keep buying golf clubs. You know, you buy, oh, I've bought some P790s because they I was told they were good. But you just can't get them launched because they're not fit for you. So your swing speed's quite slow and you've got X-stiff shafts. You've got graphite senior flex shafts and you've got a 100 mile an hour 7 iron. Those kind of things happen and I've seen them happen over the last few months with clients have come in to me with golf clubs that they've just bought off the internet randomly. I'm like, well, that's a senior flex shaft and you're hitting your driver, you're swinging your driver over 100 miles an hour. You're 30, 30, 35 mile an hour too fast for that shaft. That's why it's going everywhere because you can't control the kick of the head. And they may have spent anything from a few quid to a few hundred quid. And this is where golf can get expensive. So do's and don'ts, right there. The other one is balls. And I've talked about balls a lot on this show. And I'm going to be honest, the easiest way you're going to get better and the only piece of equipment that you have full control over is the balls that you use. Whether they be Slazengers from Sports Direct or whether they be Srixon from Japan and you've paid 100 quid a box. As long as you're using the same ball and that is the only ball in your bag when you're starting playing golf or whether you're playing golf at all. You can get used to the way that ball spins, used to the way that ball flies, used to the way the ball rolls. You use the same ball every single time. But when you go and buy a box of 50, mi 50 mixed lake balls and they've got top flights in from 2001, Nike balls from 2012, and Pro V1s that almost, they were the first gen of Pro V1, 
then you can't control what you're doing. So a top flight's going to be hard as a rock, no spin. Then you're going to lose that inner bush. You're going to hit a, a Pro V1, you know, 2017 edition. It's going to, and then when you throw it into the green, it's going to stop dead. But you needed to go to the back of the green because you know the top flight would have rolled. So control your balls. Use the same ball. I don't care what it is, as long as it's the same ball, same brand, same type. And the third and final thing I'm going to talk about is grips. And this has come up quite a bit recently because I've done some regripping, whether it be putters or irons or woods. And the recommendation from companies like Golf Pride and Lambkin is that you change your grips every year. If you play once a week, so it's 50, 52 rounds a year, then you need to be replacing your grips. I'm saying if you buy good quality Lambkin or Golf Pride grips and you're playing once a week, 18 holes, whether that be two nines or full 18, and you're hitting one range session a week, I think your grips should last two years. As long as every couple of months, every six or eight weeks, or every 12 weeks, you get your clubs and you give them a nice wash. Nice soapy liquid, soap dishwasher liquid on your grips, give them a rub down, get all, because the dishwasher liquid will take all the grease, the grease that's been on your hands from having the sausage rolls at the turn, or the cans of beer on the way round, or those sweets, you know, etc., etc. All that stuff that's been on your hands is in that grip. All that grease is going to come off with some hot dish soap. Get it all cleaned off, and your grips will feel like new. And as long as you do that every 12 weeks throughout the time you play golf, then your grip should probably last you about two years. So when you get new clubs, and I say new, whether that be, but if they're brand new out of a manufacturer and they've still got the wrappers on, you're not going to need to do it. But when you buy them off eBay, please give those grips a damn good scrubbing. You don't know where they've been, you don't know who's had them, you don't know who had them before. You don't know how long they've been in the garage, in the dirt, in that bag, etc., etc., etc. You can do yourself a favour by cleaning those grips up and probably extending the life of them. Those grips may have been on a couple of years, a couple of months, 20 years. So you give them a nice good clean, make sure they feel a little bit tacky, they're a little bit grippy. If not, or that you can actually feel physical finger holes in them, then you're definitely going to need to replace them. But I'd say every couple of years, do replace your grips. Um, and then the other side, flip side of that is, don't go from, I bought mid-sized grips, because I like the look, look of me mates. Buy your grips with a purpose. So if you are flicking your hands through the ball, then thicker grips is going to help you stop that. And of course, if you find that you don't like a certain type of grip, but they're cheap, don't do it. Because you've got to hold the only contact patch with the golf club is the grip. And it, golf probably do this wrap, like 2G or 3G wrap. 
and I hate them. I hate the way they feel. I hate the way they look, and I just hate them. I can't use them. I would I would refuse to use a golf club with one on. So if I saw normal standard golf pride grips and those, and those were half price, I just wouldn't buy them. Because why would I? I know I need to regrip my golf clubs because mine are done. But don't force yourself into doing something like those wraps that you're going to hate. And of course, if you like the feel of a mid-sized grip, make sure if it's the grip that you like, make sure you can get that grip. Don't buy something else that just says mid-size. Because it could be mid-size and it could be corded. and Because it's corded in your left hand and your mates are corded all the way through, you might not like them. So be very, very careful with your grips. Make sure you change them, because they do need changing. As soon as you start to feel some finger marks or something's wearing away, you definitely need to go and get them changed. And of course, by cleaning them with dish soap, it's going to remove all the grease and the dirt and the gunk off those grips and extend the life of them. And again, don't buy grips just because they're cheap and just because you think you like mid-sized grips or jumbo grips go and get you can actually in some places go and get a grip fitting so they've got different same shafts with different grips on so you can see how they feel how you do with them in the hand and if you got that service available to you somewhere i advise going to get that done as well and that pretty much wraps it up for this week the only thing i haven't done is mention what i've done this week and what I've done is work like a dog, make a lot of golfers very happy, cut a lot of greens, make myself very happy. I've played some good golf, I've played some okay golf, and I've played some damn awful golf. But a big thank you to all of my clients, personal training-wise, massage-wise, golf-wise, you're absolute stars. You are getting better. You, you can see the results. Week, couple of two, three weeks down the line, you are seeing the results on course, off course, in the gym, out the gym. It's been an absolute pleasure working with you. And I, long, I, may, I work with you for as long as it takes to get you to the end of your journeys. Whether that be lowering your handicaps, lowering your waistline, or lowering your cholesterol levels. I am here to do that. So if anybody out there is listening, still listening to this, like, subscribe, and share. I am here to help. Get in touch. The links are in the description. Have a fantastic week, and I will see you for your questions answered, season two, episode 20, next week. Bye-bye.